0: This morning's scripture reading will be Psalms 98, 4, 7 through 9. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Let the sea resound and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the mountains sing together for joy. Let them sing before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples with equity. Good morning. This morning we are continuing our study of anothering. If you'll, if you'll turn to the back of the bulletin, you've got the outline there. If you want to open your Bibles, open to 1 Corinthians twelve. We're going to be reading from there in just a couple of moments. The late Irma Bombek made these New Year's resolutions. Maybe you heard them before. I'm going to clean this dump just as soon as the kids grow up. I will go to no doctor whose office plants have died. I'm going to follow my husband's suggestion to put a little excitement into my life by living within our budget. I'm going to apply for a hardship scholarship to Weight Watchers. I will never loan my car to anyone I've given birth to. And just like last year, she writes, I'm going to remember that my children need love the most when they deserve it the least. To another, as Jesus calls us to love one another, may very well be when people love it and deserve it the least. Think about it. Love is a resource from God. It's a resolve for His followers. It's a decision. Uh, It's not a feeling. Anotherers are deciders. They decided to get serious about their relationships because they're serious about discipling. That's one of our words in our mission, discipling. And solitary discipleship is a contradiction in terms. What I'm going to do in our study of anothering is is talk about where the rubber meets the road and, and get into some of the specifics like encouraging one another and greeting one another and accepting one another and forgiving one another. But I want to begin this morning with something that we may not think of as even a part of this or or maybe the starting point, but I think we need to start here before we can fully move into all these others that we find in Scripture. We need to remember to member. Look on the screen, Romans 12, verse 4 and 5. I think this will explain what we're talking about. Just as each of us has one body with many members... And these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. I am persuaded that we cannot excel at anothering until we understand what it means to be a member. So let's talk about that this morning. If you fill in the blanks, anothering is intentional, but it's not institutional. And we want to talk about that a little bit. You know, one of the most unique doctrines of the Christian faith is the incarnation, that God came in the flesh. You compare that to other world religions, you don't find that doctrine, that belief. The fact that God would become flesh is not to be taken lightly. Jesus came to show us who God is, what He looks like, how He behaves, how He relates with people. But also we need to understand the doctrine of continuing incarnation. In one sense, Jesus is at the right hand of God. In another sense, Jesus is right here beside us, living within us through His body, the church. Colossians 1.18, the New Living Translation says, Christ is also head of the church, which is His body. And that means fundamentally, the church is an organism, not an organization. And if you look at all the metaphors of the church in Scripture, what you find is a consistent theme of living things like vine and family, sons and daughters and our father, or the flock or the bride, or even when the church is referenced as a house or a temple, Peter goes on to say we're like living stones. This is the kind of word picture we see in Scripture. And I think this is significant because it's typical for people to try to improve something by how we organize things, by how we program things. We think organizationally. But programmed anothering is an organizational attempt to correct really what is an organic challenge or a problem. Anothering must be intentional, but it must transcend the institution. So this was a constant challenge for us. The church's Jesus body, as Paul is trying to explain, that gives us a, an image, a picture of what this membership is supposed to be like. I would suggest that most of the way we use the word member is not the way it's used in the New Testament. So I'm going to challenge your thinking on that a little bit. And that brings me to the next point. Membership is something you practice, not just place. That phrase, if you're familiar with the church background, if you've been growing up in the church, you've heard that phrase, place membership. You know, you're ready to place membership. We've decided to place membership. May I go on record and say I don't like that phrase? Maybe some of you are the same one. But as soon as I say that, I've not come up with a better one. So you almost have to take your criticism back if you don't have a better one. And let me explain it like this. Place membership is more of an organizational concept. So that's kind of my just uncomfortableness with it a little bit. It reflects to the church more like a club mentality. Now... All of us, probably at some point, has been a part of a club. Maybe you are right now. A book club, maybe a civic club, a supper club, a booster club, you know, that like supports the band or maybe an athletic team. And we know with each of those, to be in good standing, you've got to attend the meetings. In fact, some clubs have a, a demand. or a, You're only allowed so many absences and you're removed. You have to keep the rules. You've got to pay your dues. It's kind of part of being a club. And for many churches or at least in the mindset of some people, this also defines what it means to be a member. You attend regularly. You pay your dues. You keep in line. Therefore, you're a good member. You're a member of that church. Now notice that that definition says nothing about having a relationship with anybody. See, that's where that kind of thinking falls short. You don't have to know them. You don't have to like them. You just go to the meetings, pay your dues, keep in line, and you're still a good member. If that's our understanding of church, if we do church that way, if that's the way we think about it, we are never going to excel at loving one another. Because this understanding, if we we view it like this, what we're saying is we don't belong to anyone else. And that's the very thing he talked about here. Paul says, each member belongs to all the others. And as long as membership is just something you place and not something you practice, you can lose a member and never even know it. You're not even aware. Kind of absurd example. But can you imagine your child coming home from school, missing an arm? And say, son, what happened to your arm? I don't know, mom, it was there at lunch. You know, you don't miss a part of your body and not notice it. I mean, if that happens, you know, you notice it right away. Imagine if you needed a few bricks. For a small part, just, you know, a handful of bricks. You didn't want to go buy a whole pallet, and you're thinking, well, maybe I could just find some. And so as you're thinking about it, you're driving down the road, and you see this, this house being bricked. And you're thinking, well, maybe they could just spare a few. If you're going to go and steal a few bricks... Would you go to that, that pile of bricks waiting to be put on the house, or would you go over to a wall where there's already some there and it's been connected with the mortar? Hopefully, you're not going to steal anything. But Satan will. And that's why I explain it that way. Satan wants to steal. And if you've got a mindset where you're not connected, there's no mortar, it's going to be easy for him to steal, and nobody's going to even know you're missing. But if you're connected, if you're in that wall, and Satan steals you, you leave a hole. Everybody sees that. Something, someone is missing. If we're going to raise to another level of anothering, we need to remember to member. Another is consciously remember as a body. It's not a club. And what does that mean? How does it look like? I want to call your attention to 1 Corinthians 12. It's going to be on the screen. I'm reading from the English Standard Version. You might prefer to read out of your own Bible. That's why I mentioned it a few moments ago to give you time to turn there. But in this passage, and bear with me because it's kind of lengthy, but I think Paul does an amazing job. And I want you to hear it straight from him. This New Testament concept of what a member really means. 1 Corinthians 12, beginning of verse 12. nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And in those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And their unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there be no division in the body that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. So what does that mean? What does it mean when we say to remember to member? This means, number one, no one is sufficient. No one is sufficient. I think this concept of of body membership challenges most of us who grew up with an American way of thinking, of being an individual, doing it my own way. Our culture places such value on independence. But that's not how the body operates. That's what Paul is saying here. There is no sense of independence. We're all connected. My hand exists to serve the body, to open the door, to, to feed my mouth. To, to fasten buttons and work zippers on our clothes. A body part is only valuable as long as it helps the rest of the body. And you cut that body part off, all it can do is die. Consequently, when you say, I don't need you, well, that's not body talk. That's not member talk. It means you've missed the point. 1 Corinthians 12, 19 from the message is paraphrased like this. I want you to think... How this keeps your significance from getting blown up into self-importance. For no matter how significant you are, it is only because of what you are a part of. That's good to remember. The body values participation, not isolation. Maybe a good way to illustrate this. I don't know if it'll work or not, but think about like trying to feed a, a baby, an infant. When they go from from milk to cereal and then to baby food, parents, you know that it's trial and error because you, you have this introduction, this food that's going in, and it's met by the greeters, the digestive system, the gastric juices. That food goes in and says, we like it just the way it is, just the way I am. And that gastric juices says, nope, you either get digested or you go back out. And sometimes, it goes back out. You never know. It's just kind of part of it. I don't think it's any coincidence that when Jesus wrote to the church of Laodicea, He was critical about their sense of independence. In fact, His words were, you say, I don't have need of anything. Jesus detests that self-sufficient spirit. He can't save you if you're trying to save yourself and do it your own way. And we have no place for that in the church. Another is understand they don't just need to love, they need those they need to love. That's part of being the family. This means number two that anyone is important. Body membership does not value sufficiency, it values equality. All of us are in, all of us are members, all of us belong. First Corinthians 12, 13 for the new century version. Some of us are Jews, some are Greeks. Some of us are slaves. Some are free. We're all baptized into one body through one Spirit. We're all made to share in one Spirit. And think about it. The world has never seen anything like this. A group, a gathering, a church, whatever it would be, where ethnic walls, where gender walls, where economic walls, they don't exist. We're all one. We all belong. We're all equal. Club membership doesn't do that. In fact, you already know how to decide what's most important in an organization. It's the one who's most visible. It's the one who's talking. It's the one whose name's in the program. It's the one that is sitting at the head table. We we see that. We acknowledge that. It's easy. But it's unhealthy. Because that's not how the church works. You bring that kind of thinking into the church. Another is understand the less seen members of the body are, are just as valuable as the one you might see up front or the one who's talking. We'd rather see a picture of our hands than our lungs. We'll put rings on our fingers. Women will spend all kinds of energy, money, getting their nails looking just right because we see that. But if I want to live, I'd rather have my lungs than my hands. You know, you think about what's really important, what really matters. When the church is at her best, it's when we understand there are countless members who are rarely seen, but they matter. They're part of the family. Maybe they never get applauded, and it's okay because we're members of one another, and we help each other, and we support each other, and we're an organism, we're not an institution. That's why it's a body, it's a family, and anothering goes to a new level when every member is on the same level, because we get that. Everybody's in. Everybody's important. Everybody matters. You know your body gets this. Your body understands this. You know you get a sinus infection a sinus infection, and, and sometimes you just keep going about the day, but sometimes you get one, and it just stops the clock. You know what I'm talking about? You don't go to work, you don't do a project, you just, you've got to have relief. It just stops you. When you get that cleared up, the whole body feels better. When you stump your little toe, you know how it is. The whole world stops spinning for that moment. Why is it that every nerve in your body comes through your little toe? It's true, isn't it? Something so little you take for granted, you just, it's just always, but you knock it, it stops everything. 1 Corinthians 12.25 from the English Standard Version. God's goal is members may have the same care for one another. Here's the challenge. I'm not opposed to programs, systems, I'm an organizer. I like that. In fact, that's kind of my default. I I like it when things work according to a plan. And for years in ministry, and still sometimes it's the default, is to focus on the organizational plan to focus on the program. But here's what we all know. Programming, organizing, can promote care. It cannot produce care. Isn't that true? You can have the paper, charts, organized. Everything fits into a block. That doesn't make it happen. This is organic. Another is care because they know they're connected through Christ which is the third point. Everyone is tolerant. What do I mean by that? And I almost don't want to use that word because it's so overused and even misused. But here's what I mean by that. In a club, each member can go his own way. In the body, you can't go your own way. We're connected. We submit to the will of the whole. When the head has a migraine, the whole body goes to lays down. No questions asked. When the legs go for a walk, the whole body makes the trip. When the taste buds get chocolate... The whole body is just ecstatic. When the ears are in trouble, you ever had an ear infection? Maybe a little uh, balance issue. You're down. You are down. No going forward. Listen to First Corinthians twelve, twelve from the message. We each used to independently call our own shots, but then we entered into a large and integrated life in which. He has the final say in everything. See, to be an anotherer, in all the ways that it's used in Scripture, what it really means at its core is that we are tremendous submitters. We submit to Him. That's how we can submit to one another. We don't have to have it our own way. And we can tolerate so much, even though it may not be my preference, it's not about my preference. It's about what's best for the whole body. And so we're good with that. This is maturity. And not every church has it. It may not be what I prefer, but it's best for the body, so I defer my preference. Remember the Peanuts cartoon? There's one where, I think she did this several times, but Lucy, she wanted Linus to change the TV channels and she threatens him with her fists if he didn't. He says, What makes you think you can walk right in here and take over, asked Linus. And she says, these five fingers. You remember that? And she holds up the fist. She says, individually they're nothing, but when I curl them together like this into a single unit, they form a weapon that is terrible to behold. Linus says, which channel do you want? And then he walks away, and he looks at his hand and he says, why can't you guys get organized like that? When a body comes together, for Jesus' agenda, it is a power to behold. It is a beauty like the world has never seen. People can't help but notice that. Satan knows the power of a healthy body, so he's so active in sowing discord, doing all he can to turn one against another. And it's so easy to do when Christians are bring into the church this, this consumer mindset, this club mindset, and think about it, most bodies die not from external injuries, but from an internal illness, heart disease, cancer, other diseases. Listen to Ephesians 4:3. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. See, is make the spiritual body fitness a priority by exercising humility and exercising grace. It's not easy. But it's the only way it works. One last question. i close with this. How healthy, how healthy would our body be if everyone practiced your kind of membership? How healthy would this church be if everyone practiced your style, your kind of membership? Do you belong? Are you mortared in? Are you connected? Or are you just tag along? I want to show a a, a video clip that I think will illustrate this because what we're talking about is not rocket science. Um, Let me share this just to kind of set it up. Maybe you've seen the movie Coach Carter. Coach Carter is a true story. It's based on Ken Carter. He was a successful sporting goods store owner. Yeah, hang on one second. A successful sporting goods store owner who took a job in 1999 as the head coach at his alma mater. Uh, a school in Richmond, California, a very poor area of town. He's played in the movie by Samuel Jackson. He's dismayed when he gets into school because everything is just not as it should be. Attitudes are sour. Grades are down. No respect for authority. It's, it's just not a, a good situation. Sort of like what's going on now. Uh, hang on, i got a little more to share. One teammate like everybody at first, they don't like it. Well, he quits. I mean, just quits. He, he doesn't want to res- submit. He doesn't want to go along with everything. He, he, his name is Cruz. But he, came back, he comes back and he wants to be reinstated, so he goes up to coach and he asks what he has to do. Carter, coach Carter says he must complete 2,500 push-ups. I think it was 1,000 suicides. By Friday which the coach knew was impossible, and then he'd reinstate him. The big game was coming. He'd waited too late. Well, he tried, and this is Friday. He comes up short. And now, if Satan will get out of our multimedia, I want you to see this short clip. Yo, let's go. bring it in, y'all. Let's go. All alright that's it for today. We have a game tomorrow, so get some rest tonight. Remember, ties and jackets tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Clyde, Mr. Cruz. I'm impressed with what you've done. But you came up short. You owe me 80 suicides and 500 push-ups. Please leave my gym. Thanks, Clyde. Gentlemen, see you tomorrow. I'll do push-ups for him. You said we're a team. One person struggles, and we all struggle. One player triumphs, we all triumph, right? I'll do some. I'll run suicides, too. I do some, too. But, keep count. Call me when they're done. Religious clubs are no threat to Satan. But a healthy body, as the Spirit talks about. A team... A group of followers of Jesus who remember to member will always win. If you want to be a part of that team, we're going to sing a song to encourage you to name the name of Jesus. That's why He came. So that you could be a part of His family, His church. Not to place your membership, just so you could be in. Or if you need us to pray for you as a church to help you, To encourage you. That's why we're here. Won't you come as we stand and sing?